Welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryan. And today we're looking at Minute 113, which begins with the alien stuck in the thruster and ends with Ripley saying, I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. Still in the middle of the action here. We've got the alien dangling out the back of the, of the narcissus. Yeah, and there's a really interesting music cue that comes up here which is kind of triumphant and it's got it's clearly the Jerry Goldsmith score and there's the sound of like bells tinkling in the background and but once she hits the button and blasts the thing out the music abruptly switches to Howard Hansen, right? Yeah, it does. I think once once she's won, once she's victorious, we're right into Hansen and the romantic theme, the victorious what feels like a victorious theme in the context with what we're seeing. And it is very abrupt. It's sudden. It's very sudden. Unless, I mean, I don't think that there's any overlap with the music. I don't hear any. It sounds like Goldsmith, and then she hits the thrusters, and then all of a sudden we're dead. Da, 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 yeah. Right into the theme. So it's it's an interesting move. And I guess from here on out, we're done with Jerry Goldsmith, huh? Yeah. And I have to say that even though I now know the difference, I never really noticed it, that that was a big difference. And maybe it's because it has that little theme in it that sounds kind of like the alien theme. Not Mm -hmm. exactly, but it kind of sounds like it. To my ears, it's not nearly as abrupt and different as it is to other people's ears. Certainly, West Anthony would tell me I'm an idiot, probably, (laughs) um, because he would tell us how absolutely different the two are. But I don't know that it ever really bothered me. Oh, it's definitely never bothered me. I mean, watching it now, thinking about it and wanting to you know, see if that happened, if there was actually uh, where the overlap is or where the change was and seeing it, that's it's noticeable there. But I've never noticed it before. It's always worked because the story is making a big, giant move here. We were getting rid of the antagonist of the film. It's gone. Perfect time to change the music abruptly, if you ask me. So yeah. uh, it works really well for me, I think. I don't have any problem with And I do all. love these multiple shots of it being blasted out yeah. of the thrusters. And I never had any problem with that either. I, no. I think it's far more interesting than to have giant fireballs blasting out of there. This, this liquid fuel, this water trick that they use, basically the ship's hanging upside down and they're blasting water out of the uh, thrusters and shooting it in slow motion. I think it's really cool. I think it's really lyrical. It's it's one more thing that makes it different than all the other things you would expect in a science fiction movie. Right. And it's a, it's another big moment, like the blowing up of the Nostromo, that I suppose Ridley Scott used his three is better than two philosophy on, because he's saying this is a big moment. This is even more like the P.T. Anderson moment from Boogie Nights that I cited a couple of weeks ago, where Philip Baker Hall comes in the door. Three times. Three times. Because this is pretty much exactly the same three shots shown three different times. Yeah, I mean, it's an a, probably an A camera and a B camera. And then they said that they had a camera with a spherical lens on it. So. Yeah. So it's the same action from three slightly different angles, probably slightly different speeds. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it's pretty great. I love it. I have no... <laughs> and so we now we're talking about the spherical lens. Let's get into that. I was going to ask you, because Ridley Scott on the commentary for the Blu-ray says, for technical reasons, we used a spherical lens. What do you think the technical reason was? Just to get the whole thing in the shot? I don't know. That's a really good question. I have no idea. I'm wondering if it had something to do with... Boy, this is me probably saying something right out of my ass because I don't know anything about lenses. Um, it had something to do with the what's coming down from the thrusters because apparently they hung up the, the narcissist model, if you call it that, it's a pretty large model, um, and dropped the stuntman 
and the and the suit down. So we know that the camera's pointing directly up, and then whatever they use to create the thruster effect, mm-hmm. we see it come down and like hit the lens. Mm-hmm. I wonder if had it not been the spherical lens, if maybe that would have obstructed the entire like those things would have hit and been more condensed into the frame. Maybe do you, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know really what other reason it would be, except for maybe because they didn't couldn't hang it high enough. They had to go with something so super wide to get the whole thing in. I don't, does that make sense? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. But I think it's interesting that he says, well, for technical reasons, but he didn't go into the technical reasons. But to me, I love stuff like this. I feel like this is the kind of stuff. I love distorted shots from time to time. And it, this is weird. This is totally off the top of my head. But one of the things I always loved about cropped movies on TV, and the one I'm thinking of, most because it's, it takes so long is the beginning of uh, uh once upon a time in the west oh time my god west. really that was there's a there, you saw oh, that because on TV it's, and it's, it was... it's an extremely long credit sequence yeah. in order to get the credits on the screen they had to distort it you understand what i mean oh yeah 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 and so I everybody was it, tall and skinny i always thought it was really cool looking yeah yeah like, when they would do that with all the spaghetti westerns they sure. would they would make everybody look tall and skinny because it's the only way they could get the credits in without having to go through and really Right. Chopping it up. And yeah. before before I knew anything about aspect ratios and cropping, I just thought it was a cool effect. And I always thought it was really, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. It looks so badass. And then it reminds me a little bit, too, of the plumes of fire in at the beginning of Blade Runner, which have that distorted effect, which there's a whole reason for that. Yeah. But I love little distorted effects. I think they accentuate moments sometimes. <laughs> you, and should, in this- you should watch Taste the Blood of Dracula, which I just watched a couple nights ago. Every time one of the main guys gets killed, because they're trying to whack these three horrible fathers, <laughs> they decide that they have to show his death moment with a really wide angle lens and the camera right up close to his face. So he's completely distorted as he gurgles up blood or whatever happens in, in each particular death. So put that on your list, John, if you like distorted stuff. Man, what's the Spike Lee movie with Edward Norton? 25th Hour? The 25th Hour. I think Spike Lee might have had the same feelings as I do. Is Maybe he grew up watching, you know, I'm sure he grew up watching movies on TV and thinking that this was just badass looking. Because he, when he made The 25th Hour, if you remember that movie, it, it opens... With Ed Norton driving his like hot rod car and finding his dog, right? That's the opening scene of the movie, and it's shot with a lens. And, and you know, Spike Lee's never afraid of doing weird stuff with the camera. It's shot with a lens that makes it, while it's in a proper aspect radio- ratio for cinematic viewing, it's made to look like elongated, yeah, like it was on TV. And I remember seeing that and thinking. Spike Lee must feel the same way about this kind of thing. This is such a tangent, but I think it's kind of fun to talk about why this moment in Alien with the spherical lens and this distortion, why it appeals to me and might appeal to a lot of people. I think some people probably see it as, I think a lot of people just have a problem with this whole business here at the end of Alien with the suit and then the dangling out the back and then this effect might be anticlimactic. I feel like I've read some things where people have said that. but Yeah, me too. But what do they know? I like it. They're wrong. I think they're wrong. Well, we do have to talk really quickly about what we were talking about in the last minute as far as the alien's survival capabilities in deep space and open space. She hits the thrusters and it sends it off. But in in no way are they demonstrating to us or indicating to us that the thruster of the spaceship damaged the alien at all. You notice that, right? I mean, obviously, there's a practical reason for that, probably because it's easier just to have a guy in a suit float away. But it survived the thruster. What really happens here is she severs the cord. And releases it. So for all we know, 
This thing's... How long does it float before it finally dies? We don't know what will cause its death. If it can survive out there, it's probably a matter of time before it dies. But nonetheless, we do know that while you can shoot fire at it and it doesn't like that feeling, uh, we haven't seen it be seriously hurt by a fire. And now we have what could only be like a thousand times at least more powerful than a flamethrower hitting it directly and still not damaging it. Now we know it really is pretty indestructible. Uh, the only way she's able to get rid of it is by severing the cord that's holding it to the ship and, and letting it float away. So I think, th I think that's... We got a pretty strong villain here. It can't even be... Can't so he's be floating killed. around out there in space, potentially still alive or in a state of hi hibernation, depending on whether he can handle the cold of space and the vacuum of space, which I think is highly unlikely, but but, but I'll, I'll go with it. Perhaps in its complex evolution survival instinct, it can put itself into some sort of deep coma and float out into space. And maybe there was an alternate sequel where another ship comes along and picks it up and says, oh, we have this dead alien. Well, it was just in a coma. Oh, that's a terrible idea for a movie. But anyway, we don't know. We don't know what's going on with this alien at this point. So it floats off and Ripley watches it. And we've shifted into the Howard Hansen music. And I think that this reaction shot from her is perfect. It's similar, more joyful, but similar to that feeling, that look that she had in the locker, in the closet, when she seems to just fall into a, a trance. But at this point, she just looks like she just got an IV of Valium, and it just hit her. And she just looks like, ugh. And with the music, of course, that's perfect with it. And it's just such a calming, perfect moment of victory. It's not a woohoo, jump up in the air victory like Star Wars. It's one of those like, oh, it's over. thank God it's over yeah. victories. And I think her facial expression here is perfect. It might be even a little slow-mo. Do, do you think there's a possibility there's, this isn't a little bit like slow motion shot, like a Scorsese-esque? I mean, it could be. But slow motion on a still shot so that be. you just get that like sort of subliminal yeah. effect on the face. But There's also a number in the frame, too, like on the, on the locker. So it does echo that. Oh, yeah, true. That's right. And then really we move into her beginning this final speech. Yeah that uh, is being covered with, once again, uh, a slow zoom, which I'll say more about these slow zooms um, tomorrow. But it's clearly part of the vocabulary of this movie. And in this instance, it has a particularly calming feeling. Yeah. But yeah. beyond that, I think I, I don't have much else to say until we well, talk I, tomorrow. Do you have anything? I had one. So she says at the end of the minute here, she says, I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. Now, we don't know what this is based off of exactly, but I have to ask a question that, that maybe to plant a seed for discussion of aliens in the future. Did her slamming on the thrusters willy-nilly at that moment that she does in order to get rid of the alien, perhaps could that have set her on a course <laughs> that would cause her to go off course for about 57 years while she's <laughs> taking a nap? I mean, you think about it. That had to have done something for her course trajectory, right? Yeah, I just it, think it's just a, just a question for the future. Did she inadvertently set her? Because they talk about it in Aliens, and perhaps there's an exact... I, I can't remember if there's an exact explanation for it. We'll find out later. But uh, I'm just kind of wondering if doing that, maybe that wasn't part of her calculations and figuring out when she was going to reach the frontier or not. She but burned up a lot of fuel, that's for sure. She also burned up a lot of fuel. But you have to, you know, if you just hit the thrusters... For any period of time, that's got to set you. I, I, I would imagine that uh, navigating space is a very, very uh, delicate thing. Space is really big. 
It is I mean, really she, big. She says, with any luck, somebody's going to pick me up. Well, she doesn't have much luck, no, clearly. Sadly she's not. out there for a long time. Of course, we don't know that until 1986. Right. No, that's very true. It's very true. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it for minute 113 then. You got anything else? I don't have anything else. So let's uh, move on to 114 and what are certain to be a couple of epic episodes coming up. Probably. All right. Well, you can find us at AlienMinute.com or follow us on Twitter at AlienMinutePod. You can also find us at Instagram at AlienMinutePodcast. Come over to our Facebook page on Alien Minute, uh, at the Alien Minute listeners page on Facebook. Um, And we'll see you tomorrow for minute number 114.